Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Podcast Network Asia. So sometimes we come across situations that might be a little bit overwhelming and intimidating and we feel like, why me? Why is this happening to me? I believe that it isn't a why me moment. I believe it is an opportunity. These are coming to you because you need it. You know, you've attracted this because there is an intelligence in you and there's an intelligence around you and it is giving you what you need for you to grow, for you to get to that next step or that next level. And I do believe that we were called to Bali. You're listening to Project Loving Myself podcast, a well-being podcast that shares stories of self-love, mental fortitude, and self-discovery. Hosted by life designer and well-being coach, Sanaya Gurnamal. Hi, I'm Sanaya Gurnamal, and this is the Project Loving Myself podcast. Join me each week as we navigate through aha moments, new ideas, and flashes of insight from candid conversations that inspire you to get started on your own project of loving yourself. Because the most important relationship you will ever have is the relationship that you have with yourself. You matter. This is Project Loving Myself. Hello there. Thank you for joining me on today's episode. On this episode, I'm going to be sharing with you an experience that happened to me very recently on a trip to Bali. It was unexpected. It was truly remarkable. And I learned some very powerful lessons from that experience that I would love to share with you. So here's the story. January 29th was my 12th year anniversary with my husband. We got married in Bali, and that was 12 years ago. And we decided that on this 12th anniversary, we were going to go and spend it in Bali together. It's kind of like a reunion with the island of Bali, which was very special to both of us. Now, we kind of went to Bali without any plans for what we were going to do, except, of course, lots of R&R, eat plenty of good food. We love Bali and we visited there so many times. And every time we've visited, it's really been a place that both of us feel very connected. We feel very at home. And so it was just the perfect place to visit. And only being four hours away, it was something that we could plan quite quickly. And so my husband and I um, spent about five days in Bali at a beautiful resort there. Now, when we went there, we only booked, well, I only booked restaurants because I'm the one who always does the, the planning. So I booked some amazing restaurants that I wanted to try. You know, I booked the hotel. It was a very wellness oriented resort, essentially nestled in the middle of the jungle. So everywhere you look, there was just beautiful nature calling out to us. So, you know, the set, the stage was already set for one of those really spiritual experiences to happen because we were like in the right place. It was a special time for us, our anniversary. 
And a friend of mine suggested that I might be interested in doing a traditional Balinese ceremony called Melukat. Now, I had actually never heard of Melukat before, so I quickly researched what it was. Now, I'm going to read to you something I found online from baliwellnessretreat.com, which explains what a Melukat is. Melukat ceremony is a ritual to cleanse the body, both spiritually and physically, from our present life as well as our past lives, from the negative elements by washing the body in holy water. So it's, it's a purification ceremony and it takes place in a sacred, usually a sacred waterfall. So a few places in Bali would, would be where this kind of a ceremony would take place. Normally, it takes place in the mountains where the rivers meet and are fed by natural spring water. And often there is some kind of a holy or spiritual sort of setup, like a temple, or there might be some caretakers who are engaged in some kind of ritual practices or who are the caretakers of these kinds of places. At the ceremony, you will encounter a manku, a Balinese healer, in other words, a priest, who will normally start off the session by studying your palms, your name, and even your chakras. So the priest normally energetically reads you. In the reading, he will often make an evaluation of what are the imbalances in your body, in your energy, in your life, and even from your past lives, in other words, karmas, that will need purification. In the reading, the monk who understands the purpose of the purification cleansing ritual that is specific to you. So he will essentially design the ritual so it will benefit you. You are normally then asked to change into a sarong, which is the Balinese dress, and you're taken down to the river or the waterfall where this takes place. Normally, there are nine levels of purification that will happen. And the priest will lead you through all of this to throw off any past negative actions and traumas. Each of these steps involves a slightly different ritual. Each one has a different meaning, a different purpose. Now, I was keen to do it, of course, because this is completely up my alley, right? This is totally some, something someone like me would want to do. But I didn't know too much about it. All I had done was a bit of that research. And then, of course, there was the, the friend who recommended it to me. When I got to my hotel and checked in, I had someone who was helping me plan the activities at the resort. And she suggested, oh, we could do a picnic. I could do a picnic by these sacred hidden springs down by the jungle near our hotel. We'd have to trek to it. She suggested I might want to do a hydrotherapy that they were offering in the resort facilities. And so she gave me all these options. And then she mentioned, oh, we could do the water blessing. So another word for, for melukat is water blessing. And as soon as she said that, my ears perked up and I was like, water blessing? Yes, that's melukat, right? That's what I want to do. And so it was decided that two days later, she was going to get in touch with the priest and we were going to go down and do this water blessing. And it was going to be organized by the hotel. I was quite happy and excited that this was going to happen. But somewhere inside me, something didn't sit right. Okay, so although I was feeling good about, you know, the date that had been set and, you know, I told my husband about it, he was also quite you know, interested in, in what this would be, something in me said, mm, this is not, not the right one. And so that night I went to dinner with one of my closest friends 
Christina. And, um, you know, I was sitting over dinner with her and her boyfriend. And I said, you know, Chris, I'm going to do this melukat. Do you think I should do it? Tell me about it. Have you done it? And she's like, oh my God, Sanaya, I've done it. I have the perfect priest for you. Here's his number. Call him. He will set it up for you. At that point, I knew, okay, I need to call this priest that she has given me. And I quickly messaged him. He agreed that he was available two days later. And there I was. I canceled the booking for the hotel and I went on to, you know, to get ready or prepared for the Melukat ceremony that I was going to do with this priest whose name was Tukik. On the day of the Melukat, around 11 a.m., my husband and I had to go to the waterfall that he had asked us to come to. It's called Beja Gria Waterfall. Apparently, it's a very spiritual, powerful place in Ubud in Bali. And he said that we were going to do the ceremony there. Now, Christina didn't tell me anything about what to expect. All she told me was, call this priest, you know, get him to do your ceremony. And so I really didn't know what I was walking into. But my husband and I arrived at this waterfall and someone pointed us out to Tukik, who was waiting for us there at the waterfall. So the waterfall was actually surrounded by some temples and there were people there who were taking care of it. There was like an entrance fee, there were guides there and so on. But of course, we went straight to our priest who had taken care of everything for us. Tukik told me that he doesn't say yes to just anybody who messages him. Energetically, he susses the person out. So if he feels that he doesn't want to do the ceremony for someone who messages him, he will say no. And so he explained that, you know, this is, this is a very spiritual process. And so he wasn't ready to do it for just anybody. You know, he wanted to do it for people that he felt he could help, that he felt connected to, or he felt that there was a reason he needed to do that ceremony for them. So even though he had never met me before, we didn't even talk on the phone. It was just a WhatsApp message. He had kind of read my energy and my husband's and decided that he was going to do the ceremony for us. Of course, I only found out all of this when I got there. The way we sat with Tukik was very interesting. My husband instinctively just sat across Tukik and I sat next to him. So we were kind of, you know, three of us in, in a seated position. And I was off to the side with Tukik looking directly at my husband. And he just started talking. And he was talking to my husband and talking to my husband about his past life, his current situation, what his blocks on. And he literally spent about 20 to 30 minutes just saying things to my husband that he was reading either from his palm. So he was looking at my husband's palm. He was also kind of just, you know, going off and channeling in space and sharing what he was seeing. And he gave my husband a list of different remedies and things that he needed to do for his life. And I have to say, Tukik was spot on. I mean, there was so much of what he explained to my husband that made complete sense. These are things that I've worked on my husband before. These are things that, you know, I know specifically about his journey that's very relevant and things that he does need to kind of work on. So as Tukik was saying all this to my husband, I just felt so connected to Tukik because I felt like, you know, he was saying a lot of the same things that I have talked to my husband about, how I have tried to guide my husband through his healing journey as well. And I knew in my heart, this is the real deal. Like this guy, Tukik, who I've never met, you know, who is just a recommendation for a friend. I mean, this guy was so connected to the energies. This guy was really a shaman from the fourth 
and fifth plane. He was, seems to be connecting to both planes. As we say in, in Theta Healing, we talk about the different planes of energies. And shamans are like very fourth plane. They're very connected to, you know, higher beings. They are connected to kind of earth and animal energies. They're also connected to fifth plane, which are the gods and goddesses, the guides, the angels, and so on. And I really felt like what he was channeling was just such profound information. After he was done with my husband, he went on to me and he read my palm and, you know, he read my energy and he literally talked to me for like five to 10 minutes. And I was like, that's it? That's all? And he's like, yeah, you're fine. You know, he just told me that I should probably take some honey and turmeric to strengthen my digestive system, which I totally agree with because, you know, I had a baby a year and a half ago and it was a C-section. So I know that my digestive system area kind of needs a little bit of healing, especially because it's connected to my uterus. And part of, you know, because of the baby, my body's still kind of recuperating and coming back to the functionality I had before that last pregnancy. And so I told my husband and Tukik, and I'm like, I think I was really just meant to bring my husband to you, Tukik. I think this ceremony is for him more than anything. And we were all laughing, but you know, that was true. I think that was totally true because I think it was just really huge for my husband. Now, after we did the palm reading, Tukik said we were going to go and start off the ritual. And sure enough, we went down, you know, to the, the river. There were some beautiful, powerful waterfalls. There was actually a series of waterfalls we had to go through. There are different rituals he made us do. There was one body of water, like a, like a small pool, where there were giant koi fish swimming. And we had to wade into the water with the koi fish swimming around us and perform a certain ritual with these two beautiful Balinese statues. The water was really pure and fresh, which was amazing. Uh, there was one one of the waterfalls we had to actually... Um, it was a little bit slippery, but go down some steps into the waterfall. It was actually a little bit dangerous. And we had to just scream our lungs out, kind of just screaming out all the negative energy, kind of all the past karma, just screaming at the top of our voices. And when I, when it was my turn to do it, I screamed and screamed and I felt like I had just released so much energy that I didn't need to carry anymore. It felt amazing. And so the process is you just scream at the top of your lungs until you're done and then you move on because like there's a line of people, right? But when it was my turn, I think I must have screamed for like the longest time. It seemed like a good seven to 10 minutes. And when I was done, I was rooted in my position, like with the waterfall around me and the water kind of coming down from all sides, I just needed to stay there. I couldn't move. I was like being cleansed. I felt this energy of being cleansed. And I felt like I just had to stay there quiet and get refilled or, or replenished by the energy of the water. And again, I stood there quiet without saying a word for like another 10 minutes. And I was thinking, oh my God, there must be people like, when is she going to move? It's our turn now. But it was like, I just had to do what I came for. Like it was just such a beautiful and spiritual experience. And so I'm not going to go too much into the different rituals because I was so engaged in every experience. I lost all sense of space and time. I don't know what was happening around me, but I know I was completely immersed 
in this experience. And I really did feel that I was being cleansed spiritually, physically, emotionally, energetically. And I know it was a complete mind-body energy cleansing. I also feel that it was like something very special for me and my husband to have received or gone through together because it was a way of just closing the first phase of our relationship, the first 12 years. And I feel like on year 13, we're stepping into this entirely different phase. And I think that is why we were kind of led or guided to this Melukat ceremony. And so I think that when you have an opportunity to do something like this, or you're being led, you have to just follow your intuition. Or perhaps there's a desire, maybe from what I'm saying today, as you listen in, there's a desire in you to experience something like this. Maybe you'll want to take a holiday to Bali and you will seek a Melukat. And feel free, by the way, to message me to get Tukik's contact. I'm happy to share that. In any case, I wanted to do today's episode not really to, to talk about the actual ritual itself, but the 12 lessons that I learned from Tukik himself as we went through the ritual. Because not only did he share a lot of insight and wisdom with me and my husband before we started the ritual, before we went down to the waterfalls, but even as we went through each process, there were these little pockets of wisdom that he shared that made this experience just so unique, so powerful and special for both me and my husband. And so on today's episode, that's really what I want to share with you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Tukik told me a lot about the different people that would come to him, whether it's to Bali or to come to see him for a blessing similar to what we were doing. And he said a lot of people were struggling with challenges and difficulties in their life that made them want to give up. Tukik's message was, don't give up. Don't ever give up. Instead, surrender. When things get so tough, you don't know what to do next. You don't know how to get out of that problem, that difficulty. You think it's never going to end. Don't give up. Tukik says, surrender instead. Just surrender. Surrender all your worries. Surrender all the what ifs or what now or what will happen to us. The fears of the future. Just surrender everything. Surrender it to the universe. Surrender to God. So when times get tough, don't give up just surrender. The second lesson that Tukik shared with me is to not 
judge life. He said, Sanaya, don't judge life because life doesn't judge you. What he meant by that is that it is us who label our lives as hard or tough or difficult when in fact life is just life. It is a set of experiences that we are going through. But when we put too much pressure on ourselves, then it feels really tough. You know, when we feel we have to meet other people's expectations, then yes, it's hard. It's a struggle, especially because you're pushing yourself to do something that you don't really want, but you're doing it for someone else. And that's what makes it feel like life is tough. It's the pressure we put on ourselves. It is the stress that we take on. It is our reactions to the different events in our life. It's not life itself. Life is just an experience. Okay, so be careful of labeling, judging your life as easy or difficult or great, not so great, or, you know, it is um, challenging, it is full of difficulties. Those are just labels you're putting on your life. In fact, you must look at yourself and check why are you making things so difficult? Okay, how can you make it easier? How can you let go of the things that you need to that will make life flow for you instead of it being a constant battle? Love in your heart and peace in your soul was the third lesson I learned from Tukik. He said that if we approach everything in our life with love and we have peace in our soul, in our mental attitude, in our way of approaching things, then everything will always be okay. When we come from those vibrations of love in our heart and peace in our soul, then there is no struggle, there is no negativity, it is easy, it is effortless. Life becomes very, very easy. So remember that mantra, love in your heart, peace in your soul. And think of what that would look like. What would that feel like? Can you imagine going through everything in your life with love in your heart and peace in your soul? There would be no resistance. There would be just calm, no storms, no tornadoes wrecking your life. It would just be easy. Zen, beautiful. In lesson number four, Tukik talked about how our intentions really, really matter. For example, he was referring to this two tourists who are at the waterfall along with us and, and a bunch of other people. And it seems that if you're just going to visit the waterfall for sightseeing, there's a different fee. But if you're going to go into the more holy parts of the waterfall and you're going to practice the cleansing or the purification, you're going to partake in that ceremony, there's a different fee. So apparently there were two tourists there that said at the entrance that they were just going to view the waterfall like they just wanted to see how beautiful it was. And they weren't really going to partake in any ceremony. The thing is, they paid the lower fee. But when they came in, they just followed everybody else and copied the ritual. And so they were partaking in the ceremony. And so Tukik called my attention to that. And he said, you know, Sanaya, when you cheat or you lie, you're not cheating or lying those people that are affected by it. Okay. For example, these two tourists weren't cheating the caretakers of this waterfall or the people who were collecting, you know, the entrance fees, they were cheating themselves. Okay, so they were cheating themselves and not others because the universe is watching. 
The universe is listening. Okay, It's all about energy. And energy never lies. So when those two people came in, they were trying to partake in the ritual and the ceremony without paying for it. They weren't getting any of the benefits that everybody else who had done the proper energy exchange were getting from that ritual. So essentially, they thought that they were kind of, you know, getting away with it. You know, they were paying less and getting the same as everybody else. But, you know, the universe doesn't work that way. The universe knows. And so what Tukik was saying is that this happens all the time, you know, in this world that people lie or cheat or they think that they're getting away with things, but it may seem like they are, but the universe is watching and what energy they go into any situation come back to them in karma. Okay. So if we think we are cheating or if we think that people don't know that we're cheating or lying, well, that doesn't really matter because we're actually lying to ourselves. We're actually cheating ourselves out of what we want or out of what we could have if we went into that situation honestly, transparently, sincerely. You know, that kind of brought me back to when I was younger and I remember going on a, a trip and on this trip, you know, we had to pay an entrance fee for, it was some kids, you know, fun activity. And there was a fee for kids under a certain age the fee for them was reduced. And for kids that were like a little older, they had to pay the higher fee. And I remember I was with a group of family and friends and one person said to, when he was buying the ticket, he said that his son, who was actually a little older and had to pay the older amount, was actually younger. And so he got away with paying the lower fee. And People do that all the time, right? I, I'm sure I've done it or my parents have done it in the past or, you know, it's probably happened to you or around you where you try to like, you know, avoid the extra fee. And the thing is, you know, what Tukik said brought me back to that. And I, I realized that we do it in these tiny little things and we think, oh, it's harmless. It's not going to affect any, anybody or it's a small thing. No, but the universe is listening. The universe is watching. So when we try to underpay or we try to, in a way, avoid paying someone their due or we try to get away with things, again, you know, the universe is watching. The universe is listening. It always comes back. So there's no such thing as getting away with it. We have to pay our dues in this life or next life. We're always going to end up paying it which actually is connected to something else Tukik shared with me. He was talking about how, you know, a lot of a lot of us, we post happy pictures on Instagram and it looks like our life is so perfect. But if in the on the inside we aren't happy, then in doing so, we're just lying to ourselves. Okay, so let me kind of repeat that again. So what Tokik was just calling out is that a lot of people keep posting on Instagram like their life is so beautiful and perfect and, you know, their pictures look that way. But on the inside, they're lonely or unhappy or depressed or, you know, they know that what they're posting is not real. Okay, that's not the truth. Then the only person they're really lying to is themselves. Okay, they're trying to put this picture out to the world that everything's great, everything's perfect, but inside it's a mess. When you do that, you're not living in integrity with yourself. You're not aligned with yourself. Lesson number six, also connected to Instagram. He had a lot of things to say about Instagram. And that's really interesting because he actually 
posts some really beautiful pictures and messages on Instagram. And his whole point was there's nothing wrong with the posting and there's nothing wrong with, you know, sharing beauty and inspiring people and sharing your life with others. But we must be in integrity. You know, we can't be just happy on the outside and unhappy on the inside. Or as he shared with me in this lesson number six that I I wrote down was when we post pictures for the sake of posting, okay, instead of being present in the moment, we are actually giving our happiness away to others instead of experiencing it for ourselves. And to explain that, my husband and I were among, you know, probably there was 20, 30 people in the same area, in the same waterfall that were also going through the rituals with their own guides and so on. And a lot of people were so focused on taking pictures because it was honestly, it was beautiful. It was such a picturesque place. I'm sure those people got amazing videos and pictures. But what was happening is they were so focused on the angle, the picture, the background. I mean, there was one woman I saw who had her guide film her while she was walking across the, uh, you know, the, the rocks towards the waterfall. And she was so focused on the video of her walking, she was missing out on all the spiritual energy around her. She was missing out on the ritual. She was missing out on the experience. And you know, like we gave our phones to Tokik because he said, give it to us, give it to me. I will take, you know, your video or pictures. And he did. He took some pictures and videos. But both my husband and I, we were just not bothered about the pictures. We were in the experience. We were 100% invested in the experience we were having. And so what Tokik was explaining is that, you know, when we're so busy posting and doing videos of like whatever experience we're having, we're not enjoying the experience. We're more focused on showing that experience to other people through our Instagram, okay, or through our social media. And so in doing that, we are giving our happiness to other people instead of preserving it or, or experiencing it in that moment for ourselves. And so be careful of having that balance. You know, there should be some experiences that are really for you. They're not for others, which actually reminds me in a, of an episode I did a couple of seasons ago with Ria Prieto. And she talked about how there are certain things that she will post about and certain aspects of her life that are private. And I learned just from talking to Tukik, that it is really important, you know, that some experiences are personal and private. And especially those experiences where you're really experiencing joy, let's say with a family member, or you are in the middle of a spiritual experience, or you are, you know, doing something that is meditative or something that is really needs your attention and focus then you need to really be present in that experience instead of trying to take the videos and images because you lose, you lose out on that quality of experience. That was kind of interesting point of view, actually, that I got from Tukik. Moving on, lesson number seven. Tukik was saying how in most countries of the world, in other countries and perhaps other religions, we are taught to pray for what is good. And most people, when they pray, they're asking for all the good things. You pray for good. But he said in Bali, Sanaya, we pray for good and we pray for the bad. Because without the bad, you can't understand or value the good. So he said in Bali, we pray for good, we pray for bad, we pray for it all. And we don't make that distinction 
that we must only pray for what is good, but we also do prayers for what is negative, what is not great in our life. And I thought that was kind of a pretty cool idea. You know, what if we prayed over whatever challenge or difficulty we had, and we also prayed for all the good things in gratitude for what we have received, and we also manifest abundance or other opportunities or positive things in our life. So prayer doesn't need to be restricted to simply praying for the good, but that we can pray for it all. We could pray for the pain. We could pray over the pain in the world. We could pray over all the people who are suffering and who are challenged, but that we must pray for all of it, the good and what is not so good without getting too caught up in the judgment of it, recognizing that without one, we cannot appreciate the other. In lesson number eight, Tokik says, in Bali, again, this is something about Bali, he said, they welcome everything. The Balinese people, they're very open. The people of Bali, they welcome and allow everything. They're not the kind of people who will say, don't do this, don't do that, this is not allowed. Okay, and again, he was also kind of referring to the two tourists. Everybody knew that those tourists had not paid for what they were doing. Okay, for what they were partaking in. But nobody stopped them. Nobody approached them or told them off. It's just not in their culture. He said that we let people do what they want to do. We don't interfere. We don't judge them, he said, because nature, karma, universe, these are the forces that will take care of things, that will balance and settle the score. We don't need to do anything. We just live our lives, you know, with joy and happiness, with love in our heart and peace in our soul. And that was something I also truly believe in, that whenever anyone has wronged you or anyone has hurt you, caused you discomfort, sometimes the best way to get out of that drama is to just allow them and you walk away. Okay, like let them do what they're doing. There's no need to call them out. There's no need to confront them or yell at them or fight with them about it. Maybe it's just better to make a different choice, you know? Just allow them to do what they want to do and you do what you want to do. Move away from the situation. Sometimes we also have a tendency in our relationships to keep telling the other person what they did wrong. We judge them for their, the behavior they did or the behavior we wish they did, so what they didn't do. And so we're always judging the other person when maybe we need to learn to take that step back and just allow what is due to them to happen for them and to focus instead on ourselves. So kind of, you know, stay out of other people's business, okay? Don't try to tell them what to do. Let them be. They will learn what they need to. They will get what is due to them, okay? The universe is a balancing act, okay? There's karma. As you sow, so shall you reap. Okay, and so it is not our job to correct people or teach them or fight them or try to get them to believe what we believe. Our job is simply to love people and tolerate them for who and what they are, to allow them to be. That was a pretty powerful lesson. And moving on now to lesson number nine. Lesson number nine is more of some wisdom that he shared with me about how the earth has this timing. And what he was talking about was the fact that, 
You know, in Bali, they have a lot of these spiritual places and they're secret. They're hidden. Not everybody knows about them. Just the priests, some people who perhaps are connected to these um, spiritual sites, they know about it. Okay, they are allowed to go there. But the government also does not open up all the sacred sites to tourists. And there's a very good reason for that. Okay, it's because many of these sites or sacred places really needs to be protected. But interestingly enough, the Beja Gria Falls, where we were, which is an extremely, extremely strong spiritual energy of a place, it had opened to the public six months before the pandemic. And he said that was no coincidence. Okay, the government opened up this special site because we needed the healing. People needed the healing. And so the timing of it being open to the public was really something that coincided with the pandemic. Tukik said that he was already telling people before the pandemic that there was going to be a pandemic. He truly believed that, you know, I think he dropped a percentage like 80 or 90% of the world would get sick. He also said, particularly 74% of the world would have mental health problems. That's something he said he predicted before the pandemic. And it truly happened, right? After the COVID, well, with the COVID pandemic that's still on, ongoing, though it's much under control, we definitely have a mental health crisis worldwide. People are living in fear. People are traumatized. People are grieving what they've lost. People are struggling with isolation and integration. And so he was right. And his point was that this was all meant to happen. And it is sort of the, the natural evolution of our world based on where we were at that, you know, these things have happened. And also the help has come in with these more spiritual places opening up to the public, not just in Bali, but other places in the world with more access to well-being and healing to people like him, like shamans. He was talking about how a week before he met me, he actually did this blessing for more than 100 people. Apparently, they were all like Filipinos, okay? And he had never himself worked with that many people in one go, but they had come to him just a week prior to me and my husband, and he had accepted them because they came through someone that he has worked with in the past before. And lesson number 10, Tukik said, this blessing we were partaking in, we were experiencing, was about cleansing mind, heart, and soul, particularly those three, the mind, the heart, and the soul. And so what we were doing was clearing, in clearing the mind, we were clearing our future. We were clearing the energy of the future, what was to come. In clearing our heart, we were healing our present. Okay, we were giving ourselves the space to be able to love and accept our present. And in clearing our soul, what we were clearing was karma. And so part of this purification ritual was about clearing on the soul level, the heart level, and the mind, because we were paving the way to let go of the negative karma of the past. We were opening our heart 
to the present to be able to love more completely and to be in that present moment. And we were looking towards our future to, to open up the path, to open up the energy for better flow in our life. So past, present, and future. Soul, heart, and mind. So beautifully said by him. And lesson number 11. Lesson number 11 was we get what we need to get from every situation based on our intentions. And what he was again talking about here was my husband and I came in for a spiritual experience, which is why we weren't really interested in posing for photos or filming. We were immersed in the experience and what we got out of the experience was the healing, was the cleansing, was the purification. The intention with which we come in is what we will get out of it. But if someone came in to take beautiful pictures, then that's what they'll get. They'll get beautiful pictures out of it. So our intentions matter. And for you to be more present with your intentions, you might want to ask, well, what do I want from this situation? What intention do I have to set? What intention should I set? For example, from this meeting, from this relationship, from this class. In every aspect of our life, we can set an intention that will actually give us back the result or the outcome we want from it. And that's the power of setting intentions because what you put into it with the intention is what you will get out of it. So keep those good intentions in mind. Make sure before you do anything, before you start anything, that you set the right intentions because what you put into it is what you will get out of it. Which is kind of like laying the right foundations, whether it's for a relationship or a business. It's the foundations that you lay down that influence where that business or relationship goes, whether it's going to be successful or not. For example, if you get into a relationship because you're maybe rebounding, you're heartbroken from another relationship then it's very rare for that relationship to work out and turn into something really special because the foundation of that relationship was something that was not strong. It came from a place of, you know, feeling perhaps unresolved or feeling in pain from a separate relationship and you didn't quite grieve it or you didn't get closure and went into another relationship. And so that doesn't always bode well for the success of that relationship. Or let's say you start a business, but you start a business because you want to compete with somebody else or you want to prove something to your family or you want to, you know, you want to show the world that they were wrong about you. So when it comes from this kind of negative proving or jealous or some kind of negative place, then that's the foundation of the business. And that business will struggle. It won't be very successful. Okay, at least until you start correcting the energies because the foundation with which you build anything must be strong, must be positive. And that's kind of, I believe, what Tukik was also saying, that the intention is really, really important. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... 
HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Which brings me now to lesson number 12, the very last lesson that I took from Tokik during our Melukat. What Tokik reminded me in our conversations and from my, my Melukat experience was how amazing it is that these sacred places can trigger our body to release or to go through cleansing and purifications. And that is what makes it so special to go to these sacred places like in Bali, this waterfall. And there's so many places like that in Bali, which are really sacred and, and full of very high spiritual energy. There are other places in the world like Stonehenge or a couple of different places I visited in India that have this kind of very strong spiritual power. I've always wanted to go to Machu Picchu for the kind of energy I would imagine that I would experience there. And it's almost like there is an intelligence in these places and it gives you what you need. I noticed that as soon as I got to Bali, I was in a space of cleansing and detoxing, literally from the first day of my trip. Okay, I found that I kept releasing. I found myself drinking a lot of tea and I was having lots of like detox tea. I noticed I kept going to the bathroom all the time. I noticed that I had a little bit of allergies, so I kept like needing to release from my nose. I mean, I know this is a little too much information, but my point is I was going through this cleansing and detoxing from day one. And I could feel there was a lot of letting go happening in my space, kind of letting go of the old way of doing things, letting go of, you know, maybe energy and feelings that I didn't need anymore. And it was happening kind of on a mind, body, energy level. And for me, the trigger was Bali. That is the energy of Bali. Bali is about cleansing, purification, releasing. And that trip of mine to Bali culminated in a melukat, in a water blessing, a purification ceremony. I mean, that was the ultimate cleansing and releasing. And so I do believe that, you know, we get led to these kinds of places. We're meant to do that because the intelligence that is around us and within us guides us to where we need to go. And it draws us to what is good for us, to what we need. So sometimes we come across cross situations that might be a little bit overwhelming and intimidating and we feel like why me why is this happening to me i believe that it isn't a why me moment i believe it is an opportunity these are coming to you because you need it you know you've attracted this because there is an intelligence in you and there's an intelligence around you and it is giving you what you need for you to grow for you to get to that next step or that next level and i do believe that we were called to Bali, and we were called to Tokik. And I do believe that we were called because this was for my husband. This was something he needed. And I think the cleansing, releasing for him is going to be kind of the next level of our journey together. So those were the 12 lessons that I learned from my priest, Tukik, at our Melikat ceremony 
in Bali. Let me summarize them for you. Lesson number one, surrender, but don't give up. Lesson number two, don't judge life because life doesn't judge you. Lesson number three, love in your heart, peace in your soul. Lesson number four, when you cheat or lie, you're only cheating yourself and not others because the universe is listening. The universe is watching. Lesson five, when we are posting happy pictures of our life, but we are not happy inside, then we are lying to ourselves. We aren't in integrity with the life that we are living. Lesson number six, when we post pictures of the experiences we're having, we're actually giving our happiness away to other people instead of experiencing it for ourselves by being present in that moment. Lesson number seven, pray for good and pray for bad like they do in Bali. Lesson number eight, welcome everything. Do not judge others because nature, karma, or the universe will take care of everything, will balance everything. So allow people to be who they are, to do what they do, stand back and allow the universe to take care of it. That is the ultimate balancing. Lesson number nine, that this pandemic was meant to happen, that it was something that was happening or brewing over time. And there were also forces that were there to help us go through it, to help us go through these challenges. For example, you know, these sacred places of worship were opening up to us more access to healing and well-being. So again, there's a balancing, right? So even though we were creating this pandemic energetically, we were also bringing in the solution. We were bringing in the healing. We were bringing in the support from other places. Lesson number 10, cleanse the mind, heart, and soul is cleaning of or releasing of the past, present, and future. The past being our soul or karma, present is opening the heart, and future is clearing our mind so we can create a beautiful future for us. Lesson number 11, we get what we need based on the intentions we set. So set good intentions, set positive intentions, so that you can get positive results out of it. And finally, lesson number 12, there is an intelligence around us. There is an intelligence in these sacred places and there's an intelligence in our own bodies that we get called to certain places and to do certain things and we just follow our intuition because there is an intelligence that is guiding us in the right direction. Thank you for joining me on this episode about the 12 lessons that I learned from Tukik during this water blessing ceremony. Tell me what was your favorite lesson? What was that one lesson that was very relevant to your life that really kind of stood out for you? And maybe you want to pick a lesson. Maybe this week you practice one of them and next week you practice another. And what you can do is actually go through your life practicing each one of these lessons and see how it plays out in your life. See how you can learn from these different lessons and you can imbibe them in your own life. I'd love to hear what you thought of this episode. Drop me a DM or post on socials. You know the drill. It's at Project Loving Myself. 
on Instagram and Facebook, and it's also at Sanaya Grinimal. So post your thoughts and tag me too. If you like what you're hearing, please don't forget to subscribe and share this episode with others. In today's quote, I have a beautiful one from Rumi. Rumi said, be melting snow, wash yourself of yourself. And I believe Rumi was talking about cleansing and purification, that sometimes there comes a time where you will feel like it's time for me to go through a releasing. Maybe it will be a physical detox that you might be drawn to. It might be a cleansing of the people in your life. You might decide that, you know, maybe you want to focus on having fewer friends that mean more. You'll go through this phase in your life where it just seems like, you know, I I actually prefer spending time with a few people rather than groups of, you know, lots of people at the same time. Or it might be a cleansing of your lifestyle or activities. And so I think there's room in our life to constantly release, let go, and become lighter as we take this journey of life, this project loving myself journey. Remember, as you move forward, you are always loved and the right things will come to you at the right time. You just have to be open to it, to pay attention and to take action. And now I bid adieu. See you on our next episode. This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Network Asia and powered by Pod Machine. Thank you and bye-bye. The views and opinions expressed by the podcast creators, hosts, and guests do not necessarily reflect the official policy and position of Podcast Network Asia, the hosts of the program, or other programs of the network. Any content provided by the people on the podcast are of their own opinion and are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone or anything.